The year is 2023. PBS Plus has just launched bringing the world's streaming services to 4,387. How can anyone be expected to go through all this content? Fear not, loyal passengers. Captain Joe Shoes and his first mate Mez are here to travel through space and time to bring you the best nuggets pop culture has to offer. Strap in. It's time for the Car Jomez Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 357 of the Car Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my co-host, as always, is... The Magistrate of Caravan City. I'm Joe, Captain Joe Shoes, from the Car Jomez Podcast. Yeah, you all, buddy. What's up? Gomez, I have such an exciting week. Oh, I like this. I like that. All right. When we left off last week, we had set up some homework. We're going to watch the movie Super that we said was streaming on TV this week. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this week. I'm going to not just seize the day, not just carpe diem. I'm going to carpe week M. I'm going to seize the week. And I did. And I seized it. I seized it by the throat and I strangled the living shit out of it. Oh, and I fuck. watched. I did. I did. And I watched it fucking <sighs> gag. I watched its fucking eyeballs oh, pop out of its fucking head. And it said, stop seizing. Stop seizing. And I said, how fucking dare you? You don't tell me what to do. This is my goddamn week. It's been seized. Holy shit. That took a turn. I mean, I, I'm very happy, though. I love season. Season is good. Yes. <laughs> They call me the the Sultan of Seizing. Oh, baby, this is exciting! I love, I love. This is a great way to start the podcast season. So, we got so much to talk about today, but oh, before we do that, man. thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening, or if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a five star review. Leave some comments on the YouTube video. Follow us on all the social media, Instagram. Threads. No, we don't have threads. I still haven't no. figured it out. It's been a whole fucking week and I can't figure it out. But we got to talk about <laughs> threads in a second anyway. But Twitter. <laughs> I, got, I got a little issue with threads, Gomez. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, follow us at, at Car Gomez. Gomez is at the Gomez154. I'm at the Joe Shoes. You know where to find us. Gomez, let's talk a, just a little brief recap about threads. Yeah. I was like, it needs, it, it needs some work. It's not perfect. But I yeah. like the direction it was going in. Until this week. Oh, no. <laughs> I was trying to be out there seizing. And Threads was like, nah, Home Slice. You've had enough. We're going to keep showing you the same fucking post that you saw an hour oh, ago Jesus. now. So I every time I would log on to Threads, it was still the same. Fu- it's not just. We understand the, the big complaint right now about Threads is that. When you go to the timeline, you're seeing a bunch of people who you don't follow, maybe don't even want to follow, have no interest in. That's one thing. But now when I'm going an hour after the fact and still seeing the same fucking posts, now I got problems. Because how am I supposed to build a following if people can't see my fucking posts? If people can't find me? If the people who don't follow me and who are getting all this random nonsense in their fucking feed, if they're not getting me, that's a fucking issue. That's and don't right. get me wrong. I love Kazumi. I love Kazumi. She's great. 
Her OnlyFans is spectacular. But when I see the same fucking post from Kazumi every time I open the fucking app, this is not good. And you know what it's going to make me do? And it's something I don't want to do, Gomez. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's going to make me unhappy to see Kazumi. Oh, this is... We never I don't want to be unhappy. I'm always happy when I see Kazumi until I had this fucking Threads app. Has Kazumi not been... Maybe that's the only post they put up. I don't, I don't know. know. No, no she, she posts all the time. She's oh, all okay. over social media. So that's like, just that's one. You get the one thing. That's so, and it's like three separate times I opened the app. It was the same exact post, and it made Joe a very unhappy boy. I haven't even opened threads. I've gone on Instagram, and I see this little thing now to make it easy to switch over to threads. But uh, I, I forget. There's <laughs> nothing to see there, bro. I ain't missing nothing, it seems. I, because all that's happening is people are just posting the same exact shit on Twitter as they did on... Uh, or posting the same shit on threads as they did on Twitter, yeah. which is fine. But now, because you can't... You're not even seeing that because the people you follow, you don't get to actually follow on threads, apparently. So you don't get the kind of conversations you would get normally. And people don't retweet... You know, like this is going to sound silly, but people on threads do not retweet or repost. So it makes people seeing your stuff if you don't actively follow them very unlikely, especially sure when the people who do follow you have a hard enough time following your shit. Yeah, retweets are important, bro. That's how you find new shit. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we were having fun. It was a great couple of days, but here we are. <laughs> the, t- the tables have turned. <laughs> oh, oh, how the turntables. <laughs> but Gomez, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. Ooh. Hit the breaking news music. Oh! Breaking news. Oh, snap, Joe. What's breaking? What's going on? This is a big week, Gomez. Oh, is it? San Diego Comic Con is this week. Oh, shit. So by the time you guys pop this episode in your ear holes, it's already San Diego Comic-Con, and we've got to talk about some of the coolest exclusive or shared exclusive toy reveals, toy releases that are going to be happening at Comic-Con. Gomez, you and I have already spoken about the Mattel WWE, Muhammad yeah. Ali, Tupac, awesome wrestler shit. versus boxer, as, as, long, as well as... The WrestleMania one referee, pretty cool. Seventy bucks, yeah, awesome. Pretty cool. I and the packaging. I don't know if you've seen the packaging on it, is spectacular. The Mattel team knocked it out of the park on that. I kind of think I'm gonna try to get it. I may try to pick it up. Ooh, love to hear that. Awesome. Uh, and we've got. I mean, there's just so much stuff. I think the big thing that people yeah, are talking we, about right now is ooh, Jurassic Park. What Hammond collection. Which is like the their top level of you know figures okay. or whatever. Steven Spielberg, really? Oh, that is a, gonna be. A, they did a Steven yeah. Spielberg figure. He comes with like a whole bunch of like camera equipment and stuff, as well as uh, one of the dinosaurs. It's gonna be thirty dollars, so it's like a, an affordable exclusive. I think this is gonna be one of the most popular ones of the year. A lot Hell of people yeah. are already talking about it. Jurassic Park figures. I never 
realized how big a collector's realm Jurassic Park was up until the past. I never, you know, by the time Jurassic Park came so. out, I wasn't buying the toys at that point originally in, in what, 95 when yeah. the movie came out? 93? 93. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't really, I wasn't buying dinosaur toys at that point. And I never I realized, and there's so many, I, I believe it's Mattel that has the license. There's so many different variations of Jurassic Park and the dinosaurs and all the different True, dinosaurs. It just kept and, coming, yeah. I had a few a, back a in the day. Sets. I never really understood that this was such a big collector's yeah. thing. But now Comic-Con exclusive Spielberg, people are going to shit their pants for it. Hell yeah. Every once in a while, one of these companies, they do like a Del Toro. They do one of these things. I know they make pops of these guys. Yeah. They make, you know, John Favreau, Favreau excuse me. Mm-hmm. You know. who? I get, they I get, get like a George Lucas stormtrooper yeah. figure. You know. I get it. I saw Spielberg. Forget about it. That's going to be impossible to get. And speaking of Star Wars this year, the Star Wars exclusive is Ooh. a vintage collection. Book of Boba Fett themed packaging. Black chrysanthemum. I mean, you know, that's cool. You know, you got to get them all. You got to be a hard star. You know, this is for the hardcore Star Wars. Yeah. I'm sure it looks awesome. I'm sure the figure looks cool. Because it's a cool character. Like, I I do love that character. And it's 40 bucks. Sweet. That's not bad. And I'm I'm sure this character is going to be available at other points, but... This is going to be exclusive packaging, you know, all the accoutrement that comes along with being a Comic-Con exclusive. That's a big part of it, yes. Those packages are you know, sexy as shit. Uh, the G.I. Joe exclusive Ooh, what's this is one? Chuckles, G.I. Joe classified style. Do you know who Chuckles is? I was going to say, who the fuck is Chuckles, bro? So Chuckles was kind of late in the series of original G.I. Joe's. But for me, he was a big, big time. Like, he was very important because I was old enough. I wasn't in at the very beginning of G.I. Joe. I was, like, really young. But by the time G.I. Joe had really hit, he was in, like, one of those waves where I got him when he was, like, a brand-new figure, understood what I was getting. Yeah, Like, those kind of late-series G.I. Joes, it was, like, him, Big Boa, Croc Master. There's a bunch of jinx. Um, there's a bunch of these characters who weren't necessarily big in the TV shows or anything or in the cartoons, but they had these figures that had just come out and then they were kind of like shoehorned into the animated movie a little bit. So Chuckles is one of those guys and he had like a Hawaiian shirt and he just looked cool. So he's the exclusive in the classified style, which is the, uh, like six inch kind of, uh, elite style from okay. Hasbro. Uh, you going to pick. The- you gonna pick that guy up? So no, I'm. I haven't okay. been collecting GI Joe classified. Okay, it would be something I would want though. Yeah, like I'm looking they, at. The, that's the, if they the cool did figure. him in the Super Seven style, okay. I would kind of jump all over it. Okay, all right. Our Masters of the Universe exclusive Gomez. Ooh, you watched the recent cartoon, the Kevin Smith Netflix series. Yeah, good shit. So this will be for, I guess, we'll call it um, season two of the show. But it is Motherboard. So in this first season, we are introduced to what Motherboard is. It's people like praying to a computer. They actually made a figure of Motherboard who is going to be voiced in this next uh, season 
by Meg Foster, who was the voice, or well, I shouldn't say who was the voice, but she played Evil Lynn in the live action Masters of the Universe movie in 1987. So she will be doing a voice for this character. They did, it's a, basically a 12 inch scale figure towers over the other Masterverse figures. It just wow. looks really well done. 65 bucks, I believe, for this one. But for me, I'm passing. Really? I have. I kind of stopped collecting Masterverse a while ago. They started with this new Eternia stuff where they're taking the characters and like doing them up all new. And that's yeah. not really what I want from my Masters of the Universe. I'm good with the origin style, which is that school. classic, you know. Yeah. You want muscle-y. the old school style. I get it. That's that's all I want. That's what you I'm think happy. about when you think of He-Man. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't need to be collecting everything either. You know, it's it's no, nice. Yeah. It, w- it would be nice. <laughs> sure. But uh, I don't have the room and I don't have the money to do everything. So this one's going to be Damn. a pass for me. But once again, Mattel knocked it out of the park on packaging and presentation again. The figure, everything about this looks dynamite. Okay. And now I saved some stuff for last because I said this stuff is going to interest Gomez. Oh, I'm excited. First one, X-Men animated, 1-6 scale from Mondo, Logan. Oh, from Mondo, shit. $215 statue. Oh, Jesus Christ. 1-6 scale looks amazing. They did the Sabretooth recently. That was just fucking, oh, I can only imagine what the Wolverine looks like. Oh, my God. Well, it's not Wolverine. It's Logan. So it's just him in the jacket. his outfit. Yeah. Oh, man. 215. Oh my god, toys are expensive, bro. And they recently did a kind of all encompassing Skeletor statue for pre order yeah. where it was you had like your Skeletor and then all your accessories and parts and stuff that could be switched out to be any version of Skeletor that basically has ever existed. That's so if you cool. like the battle armor, the stuff is there for battle armor. If you want a wow. Dragon Blaster, the stuff is there for Dragon Blaster. All different styled heads to represent all the different. It's absurd. That's a crazy I, toy, bro. I had to stop myself because I don't collect Mondo, and that's a slippery slope. Like I know if I open that door, hell I'm no. going down the rabbit hole. Be broke. I can't have that in my life, so I had to pass on it. But it was, I was itchy for it for sure. Oh my goodness! And last two things, Gomez: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Part two, the movie, Secret okay. of the Ooze from NECA. What well, you got? Oh, NECA, nice. Kino with his scooter and a bunch of Ray's, uh, Roy's P- Ray's Pizza delivery stuff. All the pizza boy. This but, is good. Yes, That's good. With, oh, his, wow. with his bullshit little scooter. That's awesome. That's an awesome toy. <laughs> Hundred bucks comes in a big pack with all the accessories displayed and everything. If... If you're down this Ninja Turtles rabbit hole that exists right now, this is a must-have. Bro, I just pulled it up. That shit is awesome. That is an awesome toy. I fucking love it. The scooter, the ball. Oh, what a great toy. Oh, man. And last but not least, Gomez, Teenage... We just spoke about this recently. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 box set. (laughs) All four turtles as the fucking samurai, you know, in the costumes. That's fucking 150 funny. bucks from NECA. 
That's fu- for all four of them. You got all wow. four in one box for one fifty. Now don't doesn't make you crazy. I'm getting four figures for one fifty, bro, and everything else is one fifty by for one. <laughs> this is crazy. A hundred bucks for this guy with his fucking scooter. That's what I'm saying, bro. Come on now, that's crazy. But look, I just pulled up these. Wow, these Ninja Turtles look crazy, bro. Oh my god, look at that. Neca, Neca's always been. I have a few of their, their Freddy and their Jasons from back in the day. That's- Neca is unreal, especially with their turtles line. They were doing cartoon accurate turtles. Oh, these and turtles then, look sick. Yeah, well, their movie stuff that they've done, and like all these side characters that they've done, the April O'Neil getting the actors like uh, likeness rights. So the actor who played April O'Neil, like. They did her. It's not just some random yeah. facial sculpt. It's that woman, the person who That's played Kate. Cool. Like, they have killed it with their Ninja Turtles stuff. So if you're a Ninja Turtles collector, this is a hell of a time to be alive right now. Bro, I can't. It's too many things to collect, bro. Oh, my god, It is too much. That's why, like I said, I even had to, I had to cut down on just the master stuff. I can't have all the master. At one point, we had... Masters of the Universe Origins. Then this is like now, you know, like now this yeah. exists. Masters of the Universe Origins, Masterverse, and we had that CGI Netflix He-Man yeah, show yeah, that yeah. had a line of toys too. That and that's not even counting stuff like Mondo making these yes, statues, they're just random things, whatever other out. you know, like tiny tykes He-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, all these stuff comes out of the woodwork. It's like, oh, but this is cool. Oh, and this is cool. Funkos, you know these offshoots that aren't exactly traditional masters you can't have everything maybe maybe pixel dan can but but not captain joe not not me either bro not me i i'll see pixel dan in a couple weeks over at power con columbus i'm excited you excited for that bro not as much as I have been in the past. You know, it's Please. just another toy convention. Now. I'm, but look, that's I'm, fun. That's yes, so how many toy conventions? Fun. You know, you don't go to a lot of toy conventions. I, I don't go to that many anymore. I don't, so, I don't you know. I don't, but like, so it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. But I like, if it was the just kind of power con that I want to go to, then I'd be a lot more excited. I get it. I get it. But it's still nice to but see all the toys. Got to pick up my Pixel Dan. Exclusive Major Bendy's figure, PowerCon exclusive. Mm, that's awesome. Joe, comic Spencer Powers, not Pixel Spencer. Dance. That's right. This is wrestling. This is this alternate. Yes, that's right. Uh, you Comic Cons this week. Comic Cons gonna look pretty different, bro. With this uh, this actor it strike, a lot less important <laughs> they to be shit to do. Yes, like, exactly. Already, it's before all of this went down. Comic Con felt a lot less must see this year to begin with. It felt like a lot of people were kind of taking the year off, or who knows if that's going to become a permanent thing. It's it's just become too big for its own good, and so you heard like Marvel and Disney were pulling out of their annual Hall H, you know, presentation for what's to come. I think what this caused is the fact that they had to keep putting out these big things for Comic-Con caused yeah. a lot of bullshit with just nonsense being, okay, we got to have something to produce. So we've gotten a lot lower quality stuff just because they 100%. felt the need to keep having stuff to announce. 
Every year, that was the big thing. Marvel. Oh, wait, one more thing. And they would announce some crazy ass uh, actor or movie. You know, you can't do that seven years in a row. <laughs> After yeah. a while, it's like, oh, shit. So I get it. But now, you know, no actors are going to be there because they're on strike. So there's no well, yeah. shit. And that's a new thing, too. That's a new development since our episode so. last week. We've talked about the writer's strike. But now as the actor's contract comes to a close, they have already voted preemptively to go on strike as well in support of the writers. So thankfully, we have Tubi. And it's library of really <laughs> random weird shit to watch and keep a podcast oh, yeah. like this going in the meantime. If we were worried about what we're going to watch with a writer's strike, now with the actors, we ain't getting shit. They're shutting so. down production on... Um, I, I was going to say Daredevil. I know it's not Daredevil. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, you you know, and this is like a big fucking deal. They even pushed that movie up. That movie was supposed to come out November. They pushed it up to March. So that ain't coming out in March, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It's crazy. And it seems like n- nobody is close to any type of agreement here. There's a lot no. of uh, wait and see bullshit happening. Have you listened to any of the interviews being done? Like Fran Drescher is the, I guess she's the union head for SAG after. Yeah. So when I hear her, and I know people are going to immediately get on the, oh, you bunch of rich actors, just shut the fuck up and make your movies. Like, no, people know. Like, there is such a small, there is literally probably tens of thousands of people in the fucking SAG actor union. And maybe 1% make huge money like you think all They're not all Tom do. Cruise. They're not all Tom Cruise, Yeah, bro. like, you know how many people are just in the background of films, like, not getting paid, just trying to have enough credits to keep their fucking health insurance. Yeah, bro. Exactly. 100% to keep their health insurance. Yeah. It's bullshit. Uh, it's, and also, so we're going to get upset that Tom Cruise can make, you know, $25 million for a movie, but the head of the studio is making half a billion dollars? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? Getting bonuses left and right? Like, and this is who we're supposed to be backing? Fuck out of here, bro. Give these Never. people their money. We are a pro-labor podcast, whether that be 100%. your local iron workers, whether that be the people that work at the deli down the street, whether that be the Major League Baseball Players Association, or whether that be the SAG-AFTRA actors and the, and, the, and the Writers Guild. We are pro-labor, and I'm sorry if that offends you. No, bro. Corporations ain't your friend. Remember that, please. They all fucking suck, no matter how yeah. nice they might seem. Nope. So we don't play that. Give these people their money. Could you imagine? These people, they say they're on hit shows. Oh, Netflix. It's the number one show streaming. Amazon, number one. And they're making $2. What they're is making going on? $25,000. What is going on, bro? So, yeah. Get ready, folks. We're going to start watching some weird shit by the end of the year. Yeah, like, we just watched that American Gladiators documentary, and you hear the Gladiators talk about, oh, we made 20... 20- this was a fucking massive yeah. hit show. Number one show. Licensing, on products, and merchandise, and all this shit. And these people made no money off it. And they got their asses kicked for being on the show. They got yeah, absolutely bro. beat the fuck up. And now you want to sit there and say, oh, no, it was cool for Samuel Goldwyn Company to make God knows how many tens of millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. for fucking... Uh, 
Malibu sitting there in what appears to be the back room of a shack because he's got no money to his name. It's true, bro. Your face is on fucking T-shirts, lunchboxes, video games, and you're sitting there just like, man, I I hope I could get up today and and go to work because I need to keep on work. Get the fuck out of here. Bullshit. Uh, Gomez, I'm going to start us off this week with uh, some more follow-up. Last week, we watched the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, the unreleased movie from 1994. This week, I went and watched the documentary about the movie that is streaming on Tubi called Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. I watched it too, baby. Excellent. Yeah. So... This documentary to me is the height of delusionalism. <laughs> they get everybody who had a yes. piece of this movie, and like all the actors, yep. the, the director, the producer, the the best boy, everybody who did anything on this movie is interviewed for this documentary. And they all swear. That this movie was great. Yep. They all swear by it. And I am wildly taken by the fact that every actor who was, you know, the main Fantastic Four and the guy who played Doctor Doom, they were convinced this was their breakout role. This was their big break. Once this was done, they were going to be huge stars in the industry. They believed the shit out of it it's crazy nowadays you're in a superhero movie sure that's your back then that's a big gamble you may never work again like oh that's that superhero guy we like it's crazy for them to think like that and a couple of these people have like legitimate credits a legitimate resume they've done theater they've done other stuff but none of these people have anything resembling like a big stardom. I don't. I, I'm no. not trying to trivialize yeah, yeah. their their level of fame, but none of them would be considered a big star. Where you look at their name immediately and be like, "Oh, I know who that person is." None of them have that to them. But th- somehow, in 1993, when this movie was being filmed, without one superhero movie having ever been a hit ever, they as Superman. But you know, even they made 107 Superman and it was 20 they were years each- ago. It was 20 years before that, and they were each less successful than the first one. So, but these people swore this is going to be it. I'm about to be, this is going to be a break. I'm about to be a huge star. And what got me the most is the director coming on and talking about the guy who did the music. Because I came on this show last week and I said, one of the things that struck me about this movie was how atrocious. <laughs> the music was the scoring of this movie was to the point where it became a distraction because of how terrible and out of tone with the film it felt and this guy comes on and is like oh and this man came on and did an amazing score like a an all-time great set of music for this movie and i'm going you people have no fucking idea about this movie at all do you I think they made it 
and they never watched it back. They just said, man, we had some good. That was a great take. They high-fived and went to the back. They, it's like, come on. I feel like none of them have ever seen the movie. Like, no, bro. They just did it. They, they know they killed it. We killed that shit. And that was it. And then they talk about going on their press tour. And we talked about this last week. They The cast yeah. basically set up their own tour to promote this movie and got cease and desist from Marvel. Like you, They went out and had their own 8x10s printed. So they were funny. paying their own travel. I've never heard of a project where like the studio you will send you on a press tour, right? The studio yes. will get you they booked on up. the late night yeah. talk shows. The studio will send you to Comic-Con. Instead, they show us the footage of San Diego Comic-Con with Stan Lee going, uh, Fantastic Four is being filmed. Let's just say, I don't have high hopes for it. Let's, uh, But it'll be the last movie that gets done without Marvel's involvement before we get all the rights back. It is clear as day that he had absolutely no belief in this film. And yet these people are still sitting there going, oh, no, this, we know we made a great movie. <laughs> it's so funny, bro. It was fun. It was entertaining. That was very entertaining documentary, hearing these people just, woo! <laughs> it was one of these things where I was paying half attention at the beginning and, you know, I'm like doing other things as it's playing. And then, I just hear the people start talking and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, whoa I got to shut everything else down. Put the phone away, put the computer to this. Like, I have to focus on the nonsense being discussed in this film right now because preposterous is the word of the day for doomed the untold story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Oh, it's good. It's definitely worth the watch. It's quick. It's easy. It's on Tubi. No reason not to check this out. If you're interested, especially you didn't get to see the movie, watch this. They'll show you some clips. You'll see some pictures. <laughs> it's about an hour and a half, and it is an, it is definitely an entertainment. Like, if I got to grade it, I'd give it a triple main man. Sure. For the entertainment value alone is stupendous. Definitely. Definitely worth it. Oh, man. Joe, I wanted to follow up with you on something we haven't talked about this in a couple weeks because why would we talk about it again right last time we talked about elemental we talked about how it was a bomb bro it was a disaster i'm so glad you brought this up because i have it in my notes right it's crazy this movie has just been gaining steam slowly slow and steady right every week couple mil couple mil it's gone from disney's biggest flop it's the best Disney movie in years, bro. This yeah. is crazy. Insane. It, it finished number five at the box office this weekend with just over $8 million. But now that puts its total take over $125 million now. So what we thought was a complete bomb is turning into a respectable gross. Hell yeah. And the worldwide is three hundred and eleven. That's a lot yeah. of money, bro. For a cartoon, that's great. My good. Who knew? I mean, I I guess, right, nothing else has come out, but that doesn't mean you're still going to go see the movie, right? You don't hear well, it's good. Like We haven't heard anything about Elemental since. It's like it felt like it kind of just faded yeah. away, but yet it has been slow and steady, you know, just constantly, consistently, I should say, building up a little more and a little more. It, and it's dropped off, but it didn't have a lot to drop from in the beginning. It's, the that's very true, week, yeah. Was what thirty million? I believe. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So a very, yeah. very low opening weekend for what you would think a Pixar Disney movie would be. And now we're sitting here at 125 million. Now it's been out a month, but still 125 million where we were convinced it wasn't even going to break a hundred after the opening weekend. Yes, it's that's got- very true too. That's that's crazy. For to start at 30 and you're over a hundred, that's that's a what remember a success that came story. out the same week as the flash. And the Flash has long the Flash beat it opening weekend, but that is long off the charts at this point. Flash finished number thirteen this week, bro. The Flash has finished lower than the Green Lantern. Could you imagine? Isn't that that's supposed to be the worst movie ever, right? Green Lantern. Oh my God, we don't talk about that disaster no more. Made less money than that. Wow. And remember, Indiana Jones two weeks ago we said made was it sixty million. Yeah, it was something like that, 50, 60 million. Well, either way, Indiana Jones dropped to fourth already. 12 million this weekend. It's only at 145, which is not even half of the pre-marketing budget of this movie. But that that's a problem. That's a good, that's good. You tell me Indiana Jones, this old ass yes. man's gonna make 150 million. All right, that's good, bro. That's not bad. It's too, we're spending too much money on movies, bro. There's 100%. no reason this should be $300 million for Absolutely. what? But the, and the thing is, with Indiana Jones, when you watch it, I don't see where $300 no. million dollars was spent. No. I know that de-aging ain't cheap in the beginning, but it ain't $300 million worth of de-aging, you know? Like, that's crazy. Number one this weekend, obviously, Mission Impossible, $56.2 million. Probably Which got is a disappointment. I was just about to say, probably yeah. has to be considered a disappointment. That's the thing, too. That's another disappointment. It's I think it's like the best opening of a Mission Impossible, but when you're spending two, three hundred million, it's not good. It's just I can't believe it, bro. We spent it's Go this gonna be a crazy soon. One of your movies, number three this week, 13 million Insid- insidious. Insidious is killing it, bro. About fifty-eight million to date, and that's that great. Movie, for, I'm sure this movie costs fifteen bucks to make. Literally, I think it costs fifteen million, so it's doing good. And worldwide, I think it's over a hundred mil. So, like, it's it's a smash hit. And this is like the fifth Insidious movie. You know, like this is like yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. But that's the thing: keep your movies cheap, make some money. Now, there's number two <laughs> on on the list this week which is a movie I ain't even fucking heard of. And I run a very successful pop culture podcast that I have had weekly for many years now. And yet when I looked at this list and I saw that the number two movie this past weekend was The Sound of Freedom, I said, number one, what the fuck is The Sound of Freedom that made $27 million this weekend and has made $85 million to date. What the fuck is this movie, Gomez? What is The Sound of Freedom? You don't know what this movie is. This is the... I uh, have no idea. This is the right-wing uh, pedophile abduction movie thing. Like, this is like, uh, you know, oh, this child trafficking movie. This is all about this. And so it's like all these, uh, all your uh, Republican friends and family are running to the theater to go see it because it's got our guy, uh, Jesus with Jim Caviezel, right? That's his yeah. name. 
It's That's what him. I think. He's the producer or something. <clears throat> yeah, he stars in it as a, a real life story of a guy who took down a, a child trafficking ring. And this is very important because this is happening right now. They're snatching babies off the street, yo. You didn't notice? Every time you go to the supermarket, they're snatching babies. They're snatching white ladies. It's crazy. It's dangerous out there. Be careful, Joseph. Please be careful. I'll so, have yeah. to watch my back. Thank so you, Jim Caviezel. <laughs> these people, they go into the movies, and they these people don't go to the movies. You know that. You know your crazy uncle. He don't go to the movies. Yeah. But he's going to the movie to see this movie. And uh, they're getting there, and they're like, bro, the lights, the lights stay on for the movie. The AC ain't working sometimes. The seat don't recline. It's the fucking Democrats. The liberals are doing this to this movie only. They don't understand. I'm, movie theaters suck. <laughs> you, you go to a movie theater, you it's a crapshoot. It might not be projected right. <laughs> the conditions might not be good. But apparently this is the liberals are doing this to make you not go purpose. to the movies. It's yeah. only this theater. Every other theater, they got ACs. It's just this one. This one is broken in. Bro, it's just people are crazy. But they're going to see their movie. Their movie's made $100 million, bro. This is insane. I'm, I'm looking at this, at the whole list for the weekend going, how is this possible that there's a movie this high that's made this much money and I ain't even fucking heard of it? Now, I don't have, you know, my facts here. I can't back it up 100% here if you fact check me. But I have heard that there's been several screenings where you go. It says it's sold out. And really, there's only two people in there, and mm. that these people are just buying all these tickets up, you know, to make uh, the numbers look good. I don't know if this is true. You know, who knows? Maybe every studio does this. I don't know, but that's the word on the street, is from what I hear. Just saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> you want to go see that movie next week, bro? No, I'm good. <laughs> you got your I, you got your movie pass thing. Let's go. I will bro. say, I will say, however, <laughs> with Mission Impossible coming out this week. I said, you know what? I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to seize the week and do a little retro movie watching in the Joe Shoes household. And I went on to the Paramount Plus app where they house all the Mission Impossible movies. And I watched, you guessed it, the very first one, Gomez. Mission Impossible from 1996. Oh, you've seen that one. But it's been a long time. It's sure. probably been 1996 since I've seen the movie. I'm sure. I, why would you rewatch that? There's no because reason. as I'm watching it this past week, I said, I don't remember none of this shit. <laughs> yes. it's so. Especially, it's such a different movie from these movies that are coming out now. It's very, you know, slow, spy kind of thriller. Now, this fucking, you know, he's jumping out of everything. You know, the crazy well, thing here is he hangs low, right? He hangs... So in the and ceiling. that scene almost got cut from the movie because what? that's were, the big scene. So when they were doing it, his balance was off. So every time he'd get dropped, he'd come down right on his fucking face. Oh my and God. he refused to let them cut because the director was like, no, we're going to cut and move on, cut and move on. We'll just find some way. And, and he like Tom Cruise got like agitated. He's like, no, I can fucking do it. So finally, he comes up with the idea to put coins in his shoes 
like heavy coins and just loaded his shoes with coins to, to help him it. balance out. That's crazy. That way it would keep <laughs> his legs down. And then they ended up getting the shot. That's crazy. Imagine that without that. Come on. The biggest thing I'm struck by in this movie is how long ago 1996 is when it comes to technology, because the internet is a big part of this movie. Sure. And the internet back then is a very different place than what it is now. Oh, yeah. So Tom Cruise logging on to like the internet and then <laughs> looking up things in the Bible that he thinks is are going to connect the dots as to who the spy is, is one of the most absurd things to go and look back and like, oh, my God, this is what these people really thought the internet was. It's fucking hilarious. Those are always the best things when you go back to the, the early 2000s late 90s when you see the oh we got a, a computer hacker and it's like yeah. such bullshit with the way what he's doing and everything they had no clue the best in this movie the computer hacker is played by ving reigns yeah baby. and apparently because now i go i do my little reading after i watch a movie and it's like ving reigns was cast because they thought he was the furthest thing from what a computer hacker actually looked like that's uh yes nowadays sure back then hundred percent then nobody was hacking like him <laughs> bro get yeah. out of here he's uh, uh, he's a last little of the tidbit movies. on this movie Ooh. this first Mission Impossible the last motion picture from a major studio to be released for home video on Betamax wow that's a cool fact Betamax I never had none of that stuff. I never had Betamax. I never Laser knew anyone disc, that had nothing. Betamax. I've seen Laserdisc. I yeah, I had I, someone I, who I had Laserdisc. Seen it. Yeah, but I've never even <clears throat> seen a Betamax. I've heard no. like Betamax was a joke that like married with yes. children would make. It's not something I ever saw in person. No, never. So the fact that it hung around at some level—that's true. That's like ninety-six. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. I would have never thought that. But I remember my a good friend of mine in, in high school, his dad had a laser disc collection. Mm. And he had tons of shit. He was still getting them in the night. Like he was like, Oh, yeah. this is the shit. And just it's like this is Operation Delta Force 2. I'm like, oh, can't wait to see it. <laughs> I remember we were at like a family friend's house, or someone was making communion or something, and the dad is like, yo, I got. See this movie Speed? I've got it on Laserdisc. The effects. You've got you gotta hear the the sound quality on this Laserdisc. So funny, bro. Oh man. That's good. I would like to see I would like to see this the quality like a VHS compared to a Laserdisc. Like how mm, yeah. how crazy it was cuz I'm if sure it was crazy side looking. By side, oh, I'm sure. Mm, that's good. My goodness. Ooh, Joe, I watched something this week Tell that I've been keeping it. up with. You know, I watched the stand-up special, baby. Oh, yeah. Apparently, last week it came out, I believe. Uh, Kevin Hart has a new stand-up special. This is on uh, Peacock. So that's why I didn't find it at first, because you know I don't really. Why would everyone? Why would anyone open Peacock? You know, no one really watches that. Uh, you know, it's called Reality Check. It's uh, it's an hour stand up. He did this in Vegas. Uh, are you a fan of Kevin Hart? Like, uh, you know, I like him. You ever watch yeah, a stand up or just his movies? 
I watched. He's the guy who did the bop, right? The brick oven pizza. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love Kevin Hart. Uh, I've always thought he was hilarious. Uh, his stand-up, uh, he always killed me. The way he tells the stories, he's he's very good. Animated, you know, he's good. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't done stand-up in a while. You know, he's been making movies, so this was a big deal for him to do stand-up. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't as good as the past ones, but I mean, there were some parts I was I was cracking the fuck up. You know, he still he still has some good jokes, bro. It was good. In and out. It was like fifty something minutes. Nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Love that. You know, I had a good time. It was simple. It was just him in front of a, you know, sometimes some of these specials have gotten a little crazy with the cameras and everything. Yeah. It was just yeah. him. Two cameras on the side. Bing, bam. It wasn't like a, a big, big arena because, I mean, this guy, you know, whether you like him or not, I mean, he's probably the most successful comedian of all time. Oh, he's he's a star. Because, of, like, of he, sell, he sells out. Football stadiums, four nights in a row when he tours. Yeah, really? like so, like that's that's what I mean in that sense. Like he's selling out football stadiums. That's wild. Yeah. So that I I know other people are maybe better than him. I'm not saying he's my favorite or nothing like that. But I mean, just with success, I don't think anyone was selling out like he's been selling out. So you know, no, I've that's always... pretty impressive. I mean, just hearing you say it is like, whoa, never realized yeah. that. So, you know, I'm I'm a fan and uh, I liked it. Uh like I said, it's on Peacock. If you have Peacock, you're into comedy, check it out, bro. Kevin Hart. It's good, quick and easy. My favorite. No, I'll probably give that a watch. I did watch his last special, I think it was a Netflix special around the pandemic. And yeah. he hit us with that brick oven pizza bit, and I so was good. fucking done. So good. <laughs> <laughs> they got that bop, man. They got that bop. Whoa. I bro, but don't you love some? I love some Bob. Brick oven pizza is the best. I will be shouting Bob, Bob, Bob when I can see that shit come out, bro. <laughs> oh man, I watched one other thing I want to bring up, Joe. Oh, here we go. You've so, got this you know, wry smile on your face, like it's no, gonna be it's something just... I'm definitely gonna react to. No, it's just, well, it's just gonna be interesting. So, you know, I went on Shutter, like I said, every Friday, they dropped their new releases. So, their new release this week was a movie called Quicksand. It's about two people Quicksand? getting <laughs> stuck in quicksand, bro. That's the movie. I, I was excited to see it because we've mentioned it before when we grew up. Nothing was scarier than quicksand, bro. Nothing. And it made it seem when we were kids like we were going to encounter quicksand. It's all over. All over the fucking place. <laughs> Queens, New York like, is quicksand. Going to school, you better watch you don't step in the fucking quicksand on your way to school. Oh, so you know, like I couldn't believe there's not a lot of quicksand movies. You think kids like us would be like, I gotta write about the fears. I, I gotta write a movie there. about fucking quicksand. <laughs> you know, I, I've been scared of it for years. I gotta put this on screen. So I, I was excited. It was 86 minutes, even better. Woo! Movie's not so good. Uh, <laughs> but does know. it accurately display the fear of quicksand? Yes, because they're scared when they get in there. And they do the, you know, we can't move, we can't panic, or else we'll get sucked in more. Uh, to me, if I made this movie, they would have been stuck in the quicksand 
five minutes into the movie. I would have said, boom, let's go. You're on a hike, quicksand. What else do we need? You get the setup when we're in the sand. We start talking. But this thing carried on. And it's my thing too, right? When you watch a movie, especially in the streaming age, they always got to hit you with a cold open, right? If you're not hooked in the first two minutes, I'm switching the thing, right? That's how they, they feel. So you do that. It was corny. Didn't really hook you in. But then it's like 15 minutes after that until anything happens. So I don't understand this mindset. I got to hook them. But they ain't going to do shit for another 15 minutes. I hope they stay on. Like, what are we doing here? Terrible. A lot of setup. And the way the quick, like one person falls in the quicksand accidentally. Then the other guy jumps in to try to save the person like a fucking idiot. And then the hilarity ensues. Because, of course, you know, these people are going through things. So, you know, it's not a fun time to be in the quicksand with, you know, someone you're not very happy with. Not good, though. I mean, maybe if you're scared of quicksand, give it a watch. And your fears will be, you know, like, oh, it's not so bad, maybe. Or maybe it'll be worse. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, is it good? Maybe you not should really. write your own quicksand movie. Yes. Watch it and go, I could write a better quicksand movie than that. And then Quick put it out. <laughs> why not, bro? Uh, why not? I would watch it. Give me more quick. If you have a quicksand movie. Here, here's my pitch. Two people Two on people. a hike. They get split up. One guy goes, oh, I think I see something over here. The other guy doesn't move. The guy to the left gets caught in quicksand. Oh, shit. The guy to the right's like, holy shit, you're in quicksand. Goes to spin around. He ends up in quicker sand. So now it's a race against time for the first guy to get out of the quicksand to be able to save guy number two in the quicker sand. Bro, I don't even know. I don't even know how to get out of quicksand. They tried lots of things. Try to grab a snake, use the snake as a rope. That's well, a good idea, what, right? What, you call on the phone. You call the fire department. And they come because they got ladders and shit. But the fire truck gets caught in. Wait for it. Quickest sand. Oh. So it goes all the way to the bottom right away. We lose the whole fire truck. This is a crazy movie, bro. The craziest. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm in. Opening night. Let's go. <laughs> Quick Earth Sand. Coming to theaters oh. near you. <laughs> oh, man. You watch anything else, Joe? <laughs> Just our main event, our homework for the week. The movie Ooh. is called Super. It is a James Gunn joint from 2010, and it was streaming on Tubi. God bless Tubi, baby. We love it. Mm, what's this IMDb say? I'm interested to see what it says here. After his wife falls under the influence of a drug dealer, an okay. everyday guy transforms himself into Crimson Bolt, a hero with good intentions but lacking superhero skill. Okay. Interesting. I, I think that's a, a good synopsis of this movie. Sure, yes. Gives you does. enough about the movie without making you feel like they didn't tell you anything, but it also doesn't open up the whole bag of tricks here. Yes. I say he has a, a lot worse than that. I mean, he tries to do good, but I mean, he ain't doing good. <laughs> this guy, what a superhero. So this movie stars Rain Wilson from The Office, 
He was yes. Dwight, and he plays the Crimson Bolt, a.k.a. Frank, and also Elliot Page, who plays his ward, Libby, in this. And we get all the James Gunn regulars. In yes, love it. Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn, yeah. Michael Rooker, Greg yes. Henry, Linda Cardellini, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Everyone Fillion is here so because good. James Gunn can't make a movie without any of them. Bro, if if I made a movie, well, I wouldn't have my friends in it. You all be in my movie. You all be in the quicksand. You know what I'm saying? All of you. <laughs> Once I kill you all in quick sand, <laughs> I'm not bringing anybody back. Because everything exists in the same universe, you know? So I can't bring you back after you've been lost to quick sand. I'll have to find a way out of there so I can come back. You, I can't be lost can't. forever. <laughs> it turns out that I was in the quicksand. I just saved myself and let... Let everybody go their own way. I thought I thought that's what your movie was going to be. One guy falls in the quicksand. The other guy turns and says, I'll be back with some help. Maybe he comes <laughs> back. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. He goes to the local pizza place, plays NBA Jam Tournament Edition, and loses track of time. <laughs> like, shit. Eh, it's too late. He's gone. <laughs> uh, so this movie, super... We get Kevin Bacon as like the drug dealer Jacques, Jacques. who they call throughout the movie because they, I guess, Frank's character has never heard the name Jacques before. So he just thinks it's Jacques, like a high school football Jacques. <laughs> and he keeps like trying to come up with a plan to win his wife, Liv Tyler, back from Jacques because she's gone. She's left him to go with this drug dealer Jacques. It is an interesting movie. I That's think. a good way to put it. Sure. It's very 2010s. It's very 2000s. The humor, the uh, subject matter is definitely a capsule in time. It is. It's got a very negative kind of woe is me. The world is, you know, the sky is falling mentality to it. This guy who can't get out of his own way in life. It reminds me a lot of, and this is going to sound funny when I say it. I, I understand that in advance. But the Batman trilogy, the Christian Bale Batman movies, where yeah. everything is dark and dour and every like everything is the worst. Everything is always the worst, except for when we got this, the Avengers movies. Right. And then it became about hope and teamwork and, and fighting together. And, you know, everybody's doing great. And this movie is the Batman movies on a smaller scale of just one guy without any kind of superhero abilities without any kind of multi-billion dollar bank account to fund his superheroing he's just a fucking loser who works at a diner and has never had anything resembling success in his life and just everything sucks and the one thing he does have is this wife who basically settled for him because she was a fucking mess and he seemed nice enough and now she's left him because she wants drugs and honestly i don't blame her he is a loser, bro, and drugs are fun. <laughs> so I think uh, James Gunn was going through a, a divorce at this time. So I think that uh, kind of yes, so that kind of uh, informs some of the. See, I don't think here. so because you don't think so. I don't know if the timeline matches up because okay. when he gets this script, he shows it to Jenna Fisher. And Jenna Fisher reads it and says, hey, I really like this. You know who would be great in the role of the Crimson Bolt? Rain Wilson, 
So she oh. says, do you mind if I show it to him? She takes it to work at the office, shows it to Rain Wilson. Immediately, he's on board. And he says, hey, you know, I have an idea. I have a friend who I think would be great in the role of Libby. And he gives the script to Elliot Page, yes, who immediately signs up. And that's how we get our two characters. Oh, he was in Juno. Little small yeah, role there. That's how he knew Bless. Elliot Page is from Juno. So he showed it to him and got him on board to be the character of Libby in this. It's very interesting, too. It's a very different character that Elliot Page plays there because it's uh, very crazy. Usually, uh, then I like that. Usually, they're kind of the calm, cool, collected kind of the biggest uh, character. Reason- the biggest reason he chose to take this role was because it was a step outside the normal roles they're being offered at the time. Because after Juno came out, they just wanted, Hey, be Juno again, be Juno again. And, and they got really sick of that. And I can understand it. Who wouldn't? Yes. Cause that's the watching this. Cause like I saw when it first came out, but I haven't seen it since. So it was like watching it for the first time for most of it. And I'm like, wow, this this is really crazy, this character here. Like, I totally forgot how crazy that character was. I remember it was the sidekick of shit, but I was like, oh, this crazy person's a lunatic. That's right. <laughs> so not only that, but originally, the character of Jacques, who was played by Kevin Bacon here, was supposed to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, that would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> but in the weeks leading up to it, JCVD was basically off-grid and couldn't be getting contact with. And James Gunn had so much riding on this movie because he's still relatively unknown at this point that he's like, I cannot take this chance with, you know, that this guy just doesn't show up for filming. And they find they get Kevin Bacon to hop in last minute and not a bad replacement. Pretty good. Pretty good replacement. I mean, you know, it would have been fun to see him and it would have been different. But I mean, obviously, Kevin Bacon is better than John Claude Van Damme here. Performs very poorly at the box office. Yeah, I can't James Gunn, lowest uh, grossing movie of all time, but did very well on video on demand, which led to it becoming one of IFC's biggest ever hits after the that's, fact. Oh, so that's where I saw it on demand. I remember hearing about it, but it was, it didn't have a big run. Like, uh, I do see movies like that back then going to the movie, but you know, it was, it was pretty hard to see at the time. So I saw it on VOD, yeah. That's so the... the movie did have a budget of $2.5 million, which isn't huge. And yeah. especially they got a lot of named people. I, I mean, yes, Rain Wilson was the name at this point. You know, Elliot Page was a name at this point. Kevin Bacon, obviously. And then you look at some of the other people. They all worked for everybody in this movie worked for scale. Uh, but uh, theatrically, this movie only brought in $422,000. Wow. That's wild. That's good. I can see how many theaters that open it because that is whoo, that's yeah. a low number. God damn. But again, it's a very small budget. Like I yes, I don't see this like you know, you ain't going to AMC on you know Wednesday night to watch this. Like I get it. Even things like the camera work in this movie, it's like they couldn't afford a tripod. They cut the tripod budget and put it on Rain Wilson or something. Because as you're watching this, yeah, they as you're watching this. The camera is so shaky and wildly unsteady throughout scenes where it's not like it's calling for an unsteady camera. I wonder because so, that was action was kind of like that. So I wonder if he was trying to do something 
with that, you know, because like a lot of action movies back then with the Bourne movies and stuff, yeah. they did a lot of the shaky can action. So I wonder Make if he you was feel trying like to go you're for there. Yeah, I wonder if he was trying to go for something there or like, hey, it's cheaper to do this. So let's try this. <laughs> I get it. The uh, Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. cameo, just fantastic. It's one of my favorites of, of that he's in there as the Jesus guy. Doing this thing, it's it's fantastic. I guess the hair piece is spectacular. It's so good, and I love I love when he shows up in these movies because it's always fun. It's always I got to do a favor for my friend. Let me have a good time, and this is this is one of the best ones. He's having a great time here, and he's doing it again coming up. Is he'll be the new Green Lantern in the DC James Gunniverse? Pretty crazy. I'm sure it's a, a small cameo. Maybe he even dies because there's lots of Green Lanterns. Yes. Green Lanterns, and he is not one of the the, the big ones. One. Yeah. Yes, he's not. He's not one of those. So I wonder how far they get with it. But I mean, I'm excited to see him in a big. It's a big ass movie. This man's gonna yeah. be the Green Lantern, and that's pretty fucking awesome. Oh, Castle, look at us. Hello, look at us. He'll always be Castle or the always. rookie now, depending on what you know how old you are. I, you know, what is it? Season six it's up to? What are it's we like up to Season here? seven or something now coming up. It's close to Castle, bro. It's like yes. 10 seasons of Castle. A, I think eight. What? That's so, that's pretty crazy. So It'll it's be the pretty nuts. Longer than Castle. It's pretty nuts that the rookie, even when it first started, like I'm like, I'm watching this literally just sure. because the guy who played Castle is in it. And it, nothing really overly great or overly bad about it. It's just another cop show, except that I like this one actor. And the other actors in it are relatively likable. There's no one I outwardly hate. The person who I did like the least gets killed at the in-between-the-season finale of season one and uh, the beginning of season two. I guess he tested poorly because they get rid of him real quick. (laughs) We don't like this one here. What's funny is that the it's the it's one of the other rookies that like Castle joins the force with, but this kid as a younger kid he was on an episode of Castle where he was oh. like in this family and Castle hunts him down because he was doing an episode where this guy's neighbor was a Santa Claus who killed someone and went and stole this very expensive clock. Very in depth episode, highly recommended. But like he was on an episode of Castle and then ended up co-starring with him on this show only to be killed off like right away. It's like, I like you, kid, but uh, we're going another direction. <laughs> you want me to hit some music here, Joseph? I would like if you did. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? Man, 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 a quadruple main man, are you our man? Are you our man? Mm, super. 2010, 2011, I don't know. I still have 2011, but it could have been I 2010. I have 2010 in my notes. One of those. James Gunn, super. Where's the four on your main man standing? It's not bad, but I don't think it's overly good either. It's a kind of a dour tone. And yes. yes, that works for the time period. I think looking back now, you're just like, wow, this guy's a fucking loser. The main character. like, yeah. And that's the way I look at him. Like, At some point, and I know this is going to sound um, 
privileged in a way, I suppose. And I don't mean it to sound that way, but there comes a point where if you are unhappy in your life, you have two choices. Choice number one, make a change. You know, be open with yourself, identify what is causing this and make a change. Or choice number two, continue to do what you're doing, but then shut the fuck up about it. And this character seems very content to just continually be miserable. And there are certain situations where I think I can almost make an exception to my little uh, statement there where you make a significant amount of money or something. And it's like, I need this money to live or put my kids through school or something like that. Sure. But when you are a a short order cook at a diner, you live in a shitty apartment like this guy does. Like, honestly, dude, nothing's stopping you. And if this is what's going to make you unhappy, nothing is stopping you from trying to do something to make you happy. So I, I have no sympathy for this character and the way he's portrayed where, okay, he does have this wife who obviously is with him only because he's safe and she has nowhere else to go based on the way they portray their relationship. It's not true love, no matter how bad he wants it to be. And he just comes off like such a loser. And I'm almost happy when Jacques is like knocking him on the floor and having his goons beat him up. Because sometimes (laughs) people do need to get beat up. Yeah. Wake up call. (laughs) Yeah. So the story doesn't really vibe with me. And the superhero stuff, I actually do find pretty good because this guy, when he decides to become a superhero, it's not like all of a sudden he learns how to fight. No. It's not like all of a sudden he learns, you know, ninjutsu or something like that. <laughs> no, he's a fucking loser just dressed up as a superhero and getting fucked up. And hopefully yes. he gets out of this alive. And that's the movie we get. And it's not the worst thing you'll ever see. It's certainly not the best thing you'll ever see. To me, it's right in the middle. It's a double and a half main man. I'm where with you, two and a half, baby. It's it's not terrible. It's not great. There's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. Uh, your mileage definitely might vary depending on how you feel about certain topics and things like that. Uh, the violence is very violent. I don't mind that, but I mean, it gets pretty crazy sometimes. Uh, so. You know, uh, it's definitely not the best James Gunn movie. I, I it might be my least favorite of off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of some stuff that he's made, you know, and uh, I do think it's something you should see. Like it's a little, t- it's definitely a time capsule of movies and and the way things were in that uh, time. But other than that, eh, I guess you know it's kind of skippable. It's, it's nothing. If you get to it, you get to it. I feel like it's one of those mm. movies. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's very fair. You know, it's on Tubi, you're bored one night, sure, but it's not a, oh man, I got to get to this. Nah, yeah. it's all right. You'll be all right if you don't get to it for a while. Yeah, I agreed. It. Don't worry about it. Mm, Joe, 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 this week, baby. You ready for this week? What could it possibly mm. be? Are Joe. we up to Barbie Heimer yet? It's Barbie Heimer. T- Yes! Barbenheimer. Oh, boy. So uh, the plan here is we're going to go see Barbie, obviously. 
Yes. Uh, I will be seeing Oppenheimer because I love. I some was planning Nolan. on doing it as well. If you want to see, it, you I'm can a see big uh, Cillian Murphy guy. He's great. Cillian Murphy. He was. Great. He was very good in Red Eye. He is very good in Red Eye. Yes, it is. Red Eye is a movie. Wes Craven, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, it's a good movie. He's good in lots of things. I love. I know so much about movies. (laughs) So yeah, so the the goal is definitely hundred percent Barbie. If we could also fit in Oppenheimer, we'll talk about that. But uh, I'm excited for Barbie. My thing is, you know, I'm on Twitter. Barbie is a big deal. Oppenheimer is a big deal. But next week, is it going to be a big deal in the box office? Is this one of these Twitterist fake things? And Barbie makes fucking $20 million? Be, I, I really don't see either one of these doing massive opening weekends. You know? Like, I don't even know what's like what's a good weekend for Barbie. $50 million? Is that good? Is that low? I don't know. You know, I don't really know what... What they think? I would say any, anything less than 120 is probably a colossal <laughs> defeat for Barbie. Well, Oppenheimer needs to. I'm sure. I don't. I don't think it's as expensive as some of these other blockbusters, but it's not a cheap movie. This also Christopher Nolan's first movie with this uh, studio here. He jumped from wherever he went. I forget off the top of my head. So it's like a big deal. It's like his first movie in this new place. So it's like it's got to be a good one. It's got to be a big one. Uh, yeah, I don't really see that happening. It's a three hour. Movie about a guy who makes the atomic bomb. <laughs> so, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, I'll be there. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully you guys join us at the movies. Oh, can't wait, bro. It's going to be fun. There's nothing I like more than spending an eight-hour workday at the fucking movies because Christopher Nolan couldn't get enough of himself. Do you... Uh, are you going to try and see these both on the same day? you going to go different days? What are you thinking? I don't know, man. I don't know if I could possibly do them the same day if fucking Oppenheimer's three hours long. Because the thing is, I'm thinking if you're going to do the same day, I think you got to start with Oppenheimer, right? You Oppenheimer, gotta get the, and then you gotta get go the slow, home happy. Yeah, you got to get the slow, miserable movie out of the way and then have some fun with Barbie. So. Yeah, it's like when you put Ring of Honor on first, but then put the good wrestling on afterwards so you send the people home happy. <laughs> Oh no, BJ Whitmer brought you down. Well, here's someone good. Fucking BJ Whitmer. <laughs> oh goodness. So yes, that's gonna be fun. I'm excited for that. Uh I think Joe, I believe Super was our last uh wheel of superhero movies. Oh, <laughs> what a great time to be alive. We made it. Next week's the Haunted Mansion, and then August, a new month. So I think... uh, Might be time for a new wheel. Might be time for a new wheel. Mm, Would you look at that? What what can I subject Joe to this time? I don't... I'm not worried one bit. Because as the maestro of movies and the facilitator of film, I am up. I am game. I am ready. Oh, man. All right, so we'll start putting that. If you have any suggestions, you know, hit us up on the socials, of course. We always take those. You know, what should I torture? I mean, entertain our friend Joe here with. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> oh, all right, Joe. We got our movie for next week and the following week. 
But uh, let's end this one first. Let's let's get out of it. That's usually the way we have to do it, isn't it? Um, we gotta end this one here. So All let's right, uh, let's do it. Let's hit some music. It's now time for the big finish. Oh, Joe, it's big finish time. Come on. We have to spin a wheel at least once in the show. Come at on. At least once. Absolutely. At least once. And so here we go spinning it. Oh, we were so close to arcade games, but no, folks. Today's big finish. Joe's favorite topic. We're doing Star Wars. Top three Star Wars characters. Oh, baby. Here we go. I know you love so many. It's going to be hard for you to pinpoint. This is actually really easy. Number one, my all-time favorite Star Wars character, the bounty hunter, Bosk. Love him. That is your boy. I love Bosk. And he also looks like the mascot for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I went to a game and got really drunk and just started yelling, Bosk! Bosk! And then everybody around me was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But I think it looks like Bosk. Oh, I'm an old Star Wars nerd. My number one favorite guy, Grand Admiral Thrawn, baby. That's my boy. I can't wait to see him. Live action coming. It's coming to kill all your favorite people. I can't wait. Oh, baby. My number two, once again, very simple for me. I used to have a beanie baby type uh, plushie of this character in my very first car sat in the back window. Of course, I'm talking about my double main man, Max Rebo. Joe's got the hits. He's playing the hits, bro. He knows it. <laughs> if there's one thing I know, it's Star Wars. <laughs> Number two for me. Here we go. It's the hot take machine. Kylo Ren. That's me, bro. I love it. Kylo Ren. He's the best. He's what Anakin should have been. This is the, the best part of this this new trilogy is that man. Adam Driver is fantastic. Ah, I love him. He's the best. I hope he's Mr. Fantastic. I would love that so much. Oh, my God. No, no, no. You'd be no. a great. He's a great Mr. Fantastic, bro. Seriously. That cocky. Oh, he's perfect for it. Perfect. Come on. No, thanks. Number three for me, once again, this this might be a hot take. I have grown to love this character. I Listen, I know you're all going to get mad at me, but Jar Jar Binks, number yeah. three. Misa, number three. Misa, think you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, oh. when the last Star Wars trilogy was making the rounds, I went back, watched all the original Star Wars everything that was already out the first six and honestly phantom menace is a lot better than you think it is i'm not saying it's like the best movie ever but phantom menace is a lot better than you think it is 
I will say Attack of the Clones fucking is absolute dreck. Way uh, better. But Phantom Menace yeah. is a lot better than you, you remember it being. And Jar Jar is not that bad. And I pop for Jar Jar and I like Jar Jar. And anytime I see memes with Jar Jar, I can't help but smile. <laughs> uh, my number three. Hello there. Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's the best, bro. Come on. How you don't like old Kenobi there? Ben Kenobi. He's the best. Ewan McGregor kills it. Love him. So good. Uh, honorable mention for me, Salacious B. Crumb. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I love it because it's not often we get a, a bonus. Uh, <laughs> I'm just finished up. So, Salacious B. Crumb is this little motherfucker that hangs out next to Jabba the Hutt. And it's great. He's like so fucking ugly and shit. And I just fucking love him. And now, if you go to uh, Galaxy's Edge over in Hollywood Studios and stuff, you can buy the little dolls where he sits on your shoulder. Oh, he's that's got like a little pump thing and he'll talk and shit. It's great. Salacious B. Crumb, honorable mention. Babu Frank, you like that guy? Bad baby. Come on, it's good stuff, man. Hey, no, no mention of Grogu on this show, which I'm you know, he's cool, but he's gotta do something. You know, he's 50 years old. Come on. Stop At some point, something. move out of the house. Bastard. Oh man, there we go. The king of Star Wars, Joel Joe here. That's me. <laughs> Oh, uh, thank man. you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button, leave a five star review wherever it is that you're listening to this, or if you're watching on YouTube, a like and a subscription go a long way. Follow yeah. us on all the social media at Car Jomez. You can follow me personally, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads at the Joe Shoes. Buy one of these Captain Shoes T-shirts over at Pro Wrestling Tees dot com slash joe shoes and follow my own youtube channel youtube.com slash joe shoes the gomez 154 instagram and twitter twitch stream twitch.tv slash mez movie come on over and we'll be back next week talking about barbie hammer heimer barbie oppenheimer big movie week fuck it we're gonna watch them both Make it happen. The worst of the world and the best of the world all in one week. And remember, it's your week. So fucking seize it. Carpe weekdom. Love it, baby. Can't wait. So with all that being said, Comez, let's make like Tom and Cruz. Peace.